Hello, I'm Darren Heath, and I'd like to introduce Caroline Stockman, Chief Executive of the Association of Corporate Treasurers. Today, Caroline will talk about the importance of being present in times of pandemic and crisis. Thank you, Darren. I mentioned being in the present as one of the resilience boosters in an earlier podcast. And I previously devoted a whole podcast to it. This is such an important topic for times of crisis, though, that I wanted to return to it now. When we're experiencing crises, there will often be a tendency to think about the past, whether missing it and longing for its return, regretting something we wished we had done, which might have made things different, and so on. During the various lockdowns of COVID-19, you probably spent quite a bit of time thinking about how things used to be, regretting the fact that your holiday had to be cancelled or that you couldn't see a loved one, for instance. We also think about the future a lot. Will there be happier days? When will the crisis end? What will happen to us personally and professionally, perhaps? Alongside some happier thoughts like planning what we might do when our freedoms return. And we know that in spending too much time on past and future, we miss the present. Our mind wanders out of the present, and two things happen. First of all, we miss out on what's going on in the here and now, as we're not as good at multitasking as we think we are. Secondly, research shows that we lose 28% of our productivity through switching between things and not really focusing on one thing at a time. I'm sure you can think of times when you tuned into a webinar and tried to do your emails at the same time. Well, one or both activities will have suffered for it. In a time of crisis, we also focus more on the negatives. As I've mentioned, regrets from the past and fears for the future. When we're not focusing on really being present, which is what the relatively new trend of mindfulness is all about, we don't hear what others have to say. And when combined with a mild panic about our situation, which increases our adrenaline, we hear even less, research shows. So we miss out on important information, potentially, as well as full experiences. We don't appreciate what we've got right there in front of us. And you can never step into the same river twice. So it's lost to us. If we can cultivate a practice of being and remaining in the present more often, then it's going to have its benefits during a crisis. It'll help to have absolute focus on whatever's going on, and that can lead to swifter and better decision-making, which goes without saying is hugely important in times of uncertainty. It will also stop you thinking as many negative thoughts as otherwise, most likely. I talked last year about some of the things you can do to help train yourself to be more in the present. So here's a summary list of my top tips. Active listening can ensure that you remain in the present. So catch yourself when your mind wanders and train it back to focus on what is being said or done. If you don't really want to be where you are, then say no to it and do what will grab your attention. Plan your time and diary such that you give yourself permission to focus on the one thing you're doing at a particular moment. Tell yourself that if your mind wanders, then you will lose productivity as you struggle to get back to the subject at hand. Take some minutes each day to really experience being in the present, letting your mind become still and not fixating on any particular thought. If you close your eyes and start to use your various senses, 
such as hearing and smell and sensation, it can help you to achieve this. Or some people like to look carefully at an object or piece of nature. Practice will make this become part of what you do and who you are. And they say something like 66 or 67 iterations of something is what it takes to become a habit. In a virtual world, it's important to ensure you minimise access to things that may distract you. If you're in a meeting, make sure your phone isn't nearby to distract you. Think about where you're sitting. Will your eye catch a bus, bird or aeroplane and make you lose your train of thought? Thinking about physical distractions can ensure you remain in the present. You can also download an app, go on a meditation course, or even read a book on the subject to find out other approaches I've not covered here. Also, as I've said before, in crises it can be helpful to focus on what you can control rather than what you cannot. And this is connected, as we know that worrying about things you can do nothing about, past or future, is a waste of time. It's only the present in which you can actually do something where you can take control and have a feeling of power, which is very much needed when everything seems to be collapsing around you. I'd also suggest thinking of a few practical things when considering how being in the present can make you more productive. Setting aside time in which to do a particular piece of work, rather than time to complete a piece of work, is a win-win, as I've mentioned before. When the time's up, you'll have achieved what you set out to do and therefore feel good about it. Sports motivation guru, Professor Greg White, I've just discovered, mandates the very same thing. Too often we set ourselves tasks to complete in times that are unrealistic anyway. And the time for any one activity should normally not be longer than 90 minutes, as I always say, after which time we tend to lose focus and slow down, and indeed leave the present. Turning off email and social media alerts is really helpful too. And a focused time for emails and other tasks where other people are driving your agenda is sensible too. But to kickstart a habit of being or staying in the present, one idea is to choose a day and on that day in every meeting and in every piece of work you commence for a set time, ensure you stay in the present. Just pull yourself back whenever your mind starts to wander or you're tempted to just check your phone or just read your messages and really focus on what's happening in the virtual room or the task at hand. It's more important than ever that you do this in virtual meetings, as it's much harder to pick up on non-verbal cues, so you really need to be on your toes. By taking a day and trialling this approach, you can see how it feels and how much more you got out of the day in the end, which will provide an incentive for doing it more often. And as I've suggested before, Keeping a log of how many things you learnt that day, compared with days when you're not actively keeping yourself in the present, can be revealing, if you're disciplined enough to do that. Finally, I'd like to come to the question of gravitas. If you think about someone who has great presence in a room or meeting, will they be looking out the window? Will they be on another device? Will they be clearly not listening to the current conversation, but thinking about what they're going to say next? Will they have their camera switched off, tech issues aside? I think the answer to those questions is no, they won't. When I first read somewhere that having presence equals being in the present, 
I hadn't realised the two meanings of the word were connected. But they of course are. So, if we want to have presence and real gravitas, especially hard to exhibit in the world of online meetings, then we need to bring ourselves into the present and stay there. Thanks, Caroline. Perhaps easier said than done, but as you always say, it's all in the practice. We're going to talk about interviewing skills under COVID next time. So goodbye from both of us. Until then.